Hey guys, happy Friday. Welcome back to Having a Gab. Whew. Wow, what a night. I am feeling worse for wear today. We went to the Magic Castle last night, which if anyone who's listening doesn't know, the Magic Castle is like a historic institution in LA pretty much. And it essentially is like a private members only club and notoriously hard to get an invite and you can't take photos inside. It's like a bit of like a mystery, you know what I mean? So we've been invited twice. Um, I should do a whole episode on just getting invited because it's like, I feel like I manifested that shit. When we first moved to Hollywood, I remember seeing the Magic Castle and I said to Aaron, what the hell is that? It's like this distinct Victorian building on the hill looking over the rest of Hollywood. And he explained to me, you know, it's the Magic Castle. I've been one time, I got invited by some girl on a date or whatever. Um, and you know, he was telling me how hard it is to get in and I was saying, oh, that's it. We're going to go. Like, I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to find a way, you know, I didn't really do anything, but a few months later, um, some friends of ours in the building we live in were like, we got invited. We have two extra, you know, invites want to come that turned into iron getting another invite. Well, we're there anyway, <laughs> whatever, either way, incredible. I'm super hungover and I feel like the older I get, the more brutal it is. <laughs> it's five minutes to 12 here in LA, midday, and I'm only now just feeling like I can function enough to even talk on this episode. I tried to do this earlier, 5 a.m., me era had just fallen asleep after feeding. It was quiet, I was like, this is my little window. I sat down to record and I started talking and then I was like, this is garbage. I can't, <laughs> I can't even like get my head in the game. I can't even feel human. I was sloth mode. Anyone who follows me on Instagram would know what that means. I was a sloth mode dude and coffee, kin euphorics. I, I pumped some shit into me to get myself alive. And here we are, still not feeling 100. I mean, speaking of getting older, I turned 29 on Friday, so last Friday when we were in Miami, when I was supposed to do the episode that I promised, but I was just enjoying being present too much, so I just embraced that and spent that time with my family, and we really tried not to use our phones apart from photo taking and obviously posting to my stories because, you know, I want to share that with y'all, um, but like when we were, you know, at lunch or at the pool or whatever, we really, we really made a mess you know, made a concerted effort just to spend time together, the three of us, and it was so nice, so necessary. And I think they both came back like, wow, that was just the best holiday. <laughs> I mean, apologies, but also not apologies. Sorry, not sorry. Put your life first always and your happiness always first. 29, I, I don't think I feel too different, but I will say the older I get, the better I feel. I remember turning 25 and being like, wow, I've really feel the most myself I have in my life. You know, my early 20s, my teens was a clusterfuck and I'm sure it's the same for most people. But yeah, 25 onwards, every year it's just gotten better. You know, I, we're fed this social rhetoric that aging is just this curse and that, you know, you peak when you're in your 20s and it's it, over the hill. But honestly, I think it's the biggest load of bullshit. I, I feel better every year. I feel smarter, I feel more worldly, I feel more sophisticated, I feel more knowledgeable, I feel more compassionate, I feel more kind, I feel kinder, I feel like a better person, I feel like there's more introspection, more self-growth, all these things taking place. I mean, I said this to RN and he said to me, yeah, that's what you would hope for, you'd hope that every year you feel better and you feel like you're growing, but he's like, that's definitely not the case across the board, so I guess maybe like a little 
kudos to my showing some growth but yeah <laughs> so yeah I had a great birthday I don't know how you can top that one for my dirty 30 but another lap around the sun thank god it's good to be alive super blessed I mean I feel like it's been months of celebration really on Wednesday it was my two-year anniversary of living stateside living in LA and I can safely say that after two years I finally feel like LA's home I feel like it does take a good two years I mean in my experience when I've moved to different areas or whatever I, I you know I've moved around quite a bit it does it has taken me two years in the past to really adapt and by adapt I mean like space in a spatial awareness way know where you are you know in that area know the roads without your GPS that kind of stuff so yeah LA feels like home I know the locals I can I can mentally picture myself in the city like if you were to zoom out on Google Maps and you know you can like pan around the map, I feel like that's how I can see the city. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's been great. I mean, I'm glad. This is my only advice to any expats who are moving to a different city, different country, whatever. Don't leave in the first year. It's so easy to do and I wanted to do it so many times. And I did it once before when I was living in New York. The first time I moved to the States, I left too soon before I had given myself a chance to adapt. And it's hard, like no one's saying it's easy. It was super, super hard. You know, you leave your family, your friends, whatever behind. I was lucky I had Aaron and his family and his circle of friends and I was able to really grow on that and build on that rather. But yeah, it was tough. I mean, I cried a lot in the first year. I only booked a flight back like 15 million times. But I'm glad that I stuck it out. I'm glad that Aaron, he was really a great support and that I made it through into the two year you know, home run or whatever to making it feel like home. So I threw an AMA up last week on Instagram at Gab Steele on my personal, not on the podcast page, which is kind of where I'm like most active. Um, I use the podcast page more as like an episode drop kind of like digital archive, I suppose. And also even just like a placeholder for the podcast so that there is a central hub, there is a central community. It isn't really that engaged. My, I mean, I'm super active on my personal and that's where I share everything really and it all intercepts with like the podcast and anything else that I'm doing. But the point is I put an AMA up and I was, you know, like ask me anything. And one of the questions was, what was it that I miss most about Australia and what don't I miss? And I felt, you know, given it's my two year anniversary of living in America, what a perfect question to answer. So the things I miss most about Australia, I mean, not paying for healthcare was pretty much top of my list. Um, the produce, even Americans I've spoken to have been to Australia. We, they always talk to me about how good our produce is. And it is, it's, it's really the freshest. Everything was, you know, when you think about it, really made in Australia. I mean, agriculturally, like grown in Australia. Um, and yeah, that one's a big one. Chocolate, I don't know what it is about America. I mean, I think I do, I figured it out. I'm pretty sure there is no actual milk in the milk chocolate. It's like skim milk powder as per the ingredients. But whatever it is, the chocolate's not as creamy. It kind of feels more like 
crumbly and powdery it's just not great i'm not i'm not a fan i know some people love and i know that like if you grow up with it you you only know that so it's it's you know that's what you love but it's been tough i mean it's been good for me in a way because i'm sure my sugar like consumption levels are so much lower because i just can't eat it but also in a bad way i'm kind of adapting to it because like sometimes you just need chocolate and when there's nothing else you know they they do sell a Cadbury's here, but it's owned by Hershey, so it's, the recipe's like mildly different, so it tastes almost as good, but also just not, you know? It really is the ingredients. Like, I really say that to everyone. Ingredients always, even when it comes to cooking, it doesn't matter how simple the recipe is, it is the process and the, like, quality of the produce. The quality of the ingredients and the process, the time you take, not so much, like, the quantity of things you know okay that was a little sidebar um all right lollies okay building on the chocolate can you see what i have it seems to be a theme really happening here i'm looking at my list now objectively one two three four things of food and the other one is healthcare. <laughs> so lollies which is what we call candy uh natural confectionery oh my god shout out miss that ished so bad hot chips with chicken salt okay the hunt for chicken salt has been endless. I found a soup base, this kosher soup base called Streets, and it's like a chicken yellowy powder, like chicken salt, and it pretty much is identical. So I think I've cracked the code. It literally is just soup base, or soup base is just chicken salt. I feel like now that I'm saying it, it makes total sense. Like, duh. <laughs> um, okay, so it was a short list. I'm trying to keep it short. The things I don't miss, and I really only have one thing. Apart from the fact, and this is something that I don't necessarily like not miss, I do kind of miss it, but I'm also, I didn't thrive in that environment, so I don't miss it for that reason, but I, Australia is very like slow paced, which is so nice and chill, but I, I really need that quicker pace and I really feel that's like a defining characteristic of America, at least LA in my experience in New York. But what I don't miss, tall poppy syndrome, it really is an Australian phenomena. I've never... I mean, we always talk about it, like my friends and my, my family and I, it's something that's spoken about in the media in Australia, like it's a known thing, tall poppy syndrome, it is what it is. But you don't really realise or like see how insidious it is until you're outside of the bubble, like the outside of the Australian bubble, outside of your friendship groups. And I'm not saying my friends are shady or anything like that, my friends at the office are super supportive. But there is like the peripheral acquaintances, even like extended family, where there feels like almost an element and vibe of judgment or, or like no they're not rooting for you they're not like cheering you on and seeing that you're trying to do something and going yeah wow like she might not have achieved the goal yet but she's working toward it go her and I'm not like meaning this personally I'm not, I've definitely had my experience in this stuff um, but I'm not like speaking purely from personal experience I've, I've seen this with my friends I've, I've talked to my friends about this like in detail and yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a really, really detrimental element of Australian culture. And I feel like it's something I certainly do not miss. I've been able to thrive so much more in LA. I don't know if it's, yeah, no, it, it's definitely the culture here. It's maybe it's not America wide, at least I'm feeling it here in LA and I felt it in New York too, but more so in LA too, because I've, I've lived here longer. But people are really just like, 
like at least in my bubble here wanting the best for each other and really like cheering each other on like i see my friends you know doing their thing opening recording studios rapping you know creating films screenwriting cinematography modeling acting photography whatever they're doing i'm just like yes i'm so proud like we're all gonna make it bro <laughs> you know and i feel that same energy back and i didn't feel that energy in australia I mean, I did feel it for my friends, but I didn't feel it on the wider level, you know, and I, I don't miss that, but I love that about being here. It's definitely been a very inspiring place to be, career-wise, that is. Um, no, I, I read this quote, like, <laughs> I feel like such a mum on Instagram these days, like my mum posting memes, like these real mum-style memes. I mean, I can't even, I like love them. I don't know what happens. You have a baby and all of a sudden, like, you can relate to these fucking minion memes. <laughs> anyway, it said we lift as we climb and it was such a like short little thing but I was just touched by it because it's so true and I've, I've said that in the past to friends and people that I've worked with early on when I was in art it's so important work together it's like that tribe mentality of of it takes a village you know it really takes a village to to achieve great things you, it's, it's so much harder on your own and you really shoot yourself in the foot when you do that and I've seen it time and time again even in just like my whatever short stint on this earth I've seen friends in, in previous industries who just can't let go of their ego and their pride and work together it's like that real this is an Australian mind you that real mentality of wow I feel intimidated by you doing well, so I'm gonna undercut it, and therefore also undercut myself. Like, that doesn't work well in the long term. You know, if you wanna achieve something good, you need to do it together with each other. You know, like that, that quote, what is it? When you, like been acting revenge, if you're gonna dig a grave in revenge, you dig one for yourself too. It works that same way with tall poppy syndrome. You know, I really feel that if you're gonna shoot someone else down, that karma's coming back and it's gonna, you know, you're gonna fuck yourself up, essentially. <laughs> like, don't put that energy out, that you get back the energy you give out. So, like, emanate positive vibes, yo. As cliche as that sounds, just hope for the best for the people around you, for your friends, for your enemies, for whatever the fuck. Just don't have enemies. That's even just a better option. But just hope for the best for everyone. And you know what's gonna happen? The best is gonna happen to you because the universe is, like, a mirror it the energy just gets reflected back to you anyway that's my little motivational spiel for you I just kind of tangent it out I, I just cut out this massive blooper I just smacked the mic pretty much across the room because I'm talking so crazy with my hands and I have my eyes closed so I have no idea where I'm swinging them I'm one of those like psychos who closes her eyes when they're like in a, a tangent and it's like <laughs> I feel like my husband always looks at it like where are you like are we doing it and then I'll open my eyes and he's not there anymore <laughs> I'm like fuck I deserve that. I really deserve that so that yeah I mean that's really it but yeah I'm, I'm hoping to go back and see my friends and family soon I think we're hoping for an December early Jan trip back to Australia so you'll be getting lots of Aussie wrecks um I did compile a list of recommendations from Miami um and if you bear with me because I don't know if like this is important to you but I'm like one of those people who's super planned not I, I am flexible 
like I, I can make a, a rough itinerary the things I want to do and see but I'm, I'm flexible with where and when and what and if but yeah so I, I basically like I've sussed out the good shit for you where we stay we stay at the Fontainebleau blue Fontainebleau okay this my Australian accent doesn't really resonate that well with <laughs> pronunciation of a French word I'm pretty sure it's French whatever the point is we stayed there listen this place is iconic it's known you know as Frank Sinatra 1950s real bougie you know Miami style Miami Beach vibes hotel and you can tell that it was well it still is a, it's considered a luxury hotel but the, you know there was elements of it that were like a bit shabby the restaurants are great it, it really is beautiful, but it just needs, like, some love given back to it. Like, we were there in a pretty bad time. They had, like, some outages with their system, and they were struggling to get people checked in, and it was a whole disaster. Luckily, we weren't affected. They did still comp us our first night, which was super nice of them. Um, and, you know, I, I saw how they handled the crowds. They were, you know, handing out pizzas and drinks and, and ice creams and stuff, but I really did feel for the people. Some of them didn't get their rooms till like 11 p.m. that night having gotten there in the morning um so I mean that's massively unfortunate but it also took them the entirety of our stay actually they hadn't even fixed the system by the time we had left and we were there for five days so I mean I was saying to Aaron like with the amount of money they're making how hard is it to fix a fucking like system your entire hotel relies on this down to the way the valet works the housekeeping room service all of these things rely on this system the check-in process all of it and it's taken you longer than five days thus far to fix it and i just i just don't comprehend that maybe i'm naive maybe i don't understand the the, the depth and the detail and the it issues but with the amount of money they're making can't they just like there's got to be someone they can afford to pay and maybe that's the issue maybe they don't want to spend the money and maybe that is my issue overall with the, this hotel is that I felt like they were making so much money like there's so many people in this hotel live nightclubs in there if you know you know and it's not cheap like the rooms aren't cheap the food's not cheap nothing in that hotel is cheap but you can you know you can really tell they're not putting that money back into it like the carpets are worn it's a bit dirty and and like the scuff you know maybe i'm a bit high maintenance maybe i've been staying at the the encore one too many times and the the, you know the standards a little too high but like for what you're paying i really think like kind of not acceptable and i did say that to the dude and i was like i don't want to be this person and I, i really had a great time but for what you're paying and for like the you know the what is it even the word for it like the status this hotel holds like it's such a letdown you know I said you'll you'll get you're living off like a legacy at this point and you know me and a few other people and he did mention a few other people had complained and said very similar things to me across the board I said if, if like only a few of us are complaining I can tell you that everyone is thinking the same thing and eventually it's just no one's going to be coming like I would rather stay at Soho house next door or somewhere else you know in a more intimate smaller setting he was saying you know it's such a big hotel things get lost and it's in the process you know it's like okay well then like don't expand so large if you're not gonna reinvest that money into something that you've decided to make this large then don't make it that large I don't know it just doesn't make sense to me but like enough of the whinging I had a great time (laughs) overall it was a great time um 
so where did we go? Okay, so for my birthday, we went to former Versace Mansions with Gianni's, which is the restaurant there. It's also a little intimate hotel. Um, and the restaurant was great, like really great food, really great atmosphere, such a vibe. It's actually like a major must. It's not insanely expensive. So if that's like what your deterrent is, definitely go. For me, it was like birthday highlight. It was true crime, glam, food, fashion, like beautiful interiors, you know, stunning, highly rec. Um, Perfect for your Insta shots. <laughs> the Dior Cafe, which was in the design district. Just the design district as a whole is really super chic. Um, and then like the adjacent Wynwood district, which is like the arty district. If you've been to LA or if you're from LA, you'll be familiar with Melrose Fairfax. It kind of feels like that, a bit cleaner, but just Miami as a whole is cleaner. So it could just be that. When you're in the Wynwood district, check out Zach the Baker for my kosher fam. It is Cotiveri, which is sick, but like it doesn't even, you couldn't, it's, why don't we have this in LA? Why don't we have something like this in LA? Like the atmosphere, the ambiance, the vibe was just regular cafe and the food in Mac, like so good. Um, I mean, just wander around that area, huh? Like there's cute little boutiques and stores and art and art galleries. There's the Windward Walls, um, which is awesome. And then, I mean, we did the Miami boardwalk beach walk whatever it is or the the carlisle which you know my birdcage fans will be familiar with and they kind of like capitalized on that it's really cute i liked it. it was kitschy but it was cute and there's just oh and and jacones which is at soho house beach house um next door to the fountain blue it's great food okay so the italian in miami is amazing my like our friends who live in miami were saying to us we went to another little cafe and i can't remember that not a cafe sorry a restaurant and it was like experimental like italian style food it was amazing the focaccia iconic like rivals totties 100 it was in little haiti it was like this little bougie spot really random i'm gonna find the name and i'm gonna drop it on the gram um so if you're interested i up steel um they were saying that the best Italian food is in Miami because it's kind of like the escape for New Yorkers, you know, being East Coast beach sort of city. They come down to Miami in the summer and also, you know, move there, whatever. And so you get the best Italian food. So I highly recommend checking out as much Italian food as you can. There is a really great kosher scene too near the Fountain Blow. There's like a really Jewish district. Um, I went to a restaurant called Seventeen loved it was really good um like everything you can think of on the menu and just great service it was really nice i just love miami as a whole like we were both saying let's just buy something here <laughs> even if it's renting it out most of the year and coming in the summers or renting it out for a couple of years or anything whatever it's really super affordable to buy miami in a nice spot you know near the beach near miami and have a good life there it like I, we just love the vibe we love the energy love the culture it's really so unique and the more time i spend in the united states the more i realize it, it really is the united states in the truest sense every state really has its own culture its own vibe it's almost like country a state in the truest sense you know what i mean and really united under that one flag but it's i mean united depending on how you look at it <laughs> but for all intents and purposes it's it's such an interesting way it's such an interesting concept to me as an Australian because Australia really isn't like that. Australia is like a country with states that are all very much, you know, the same kind of culture. But in America, the culture really varies depending on where you are. 
So speaking of listing things, I've also started creating Amazon lists to make life easier. It's also for my organized Virgo soul. It helps me like keep track of my own shit because I do a lot of repurchasing. Like I have my things that I love and I regularly, you know, utilize. So I've started putting them into lists for my ease and for yours. And I haven't got to keep dropping individual links. I'll just be like, here's a link and here is the, the shopping list of all the things that I've just, you know, been talking about or whatever. Um, so I've like sort of split them up into different categories. I've got um, like sort of chic baby products, um, like baby proofing, but make it chic because the biggest thing for me, like with having Mayira, it wasn't the biggest thing obviously, but the, one of one of the most like crucial things for me was like my identity and the way it would change my life. And I really wanted to make sure that she became part of our lives. We didn't change our lives you know, to, to for the baby, because I feel like when we do that, we create resentment and also we feel like we've sacrificed ourselves for our kids. And that's just like, that's not what life's about. It's about all of us enjoying it, not just us having life for the kids to enjoy. It's, you know, we all want to fucking enjoy. It's, it's a sad way of looking at the world otherwise. So I really just didn't want like ugly, brightly colored baby toys and paraphernalia and whatever else. I wanted those baby products to fit in as much as they could with, with my style, my vibe, my energy. Um, and that includes like the baby proofing. So I've put those things in those lists. That's basically what I'm trying to tell you. Um, so it's chic baby products. So essentially like with planning the nursery, you know, she's coming to one, so she's going to move into her own room. I've really kind of found lots of nice stuff so that's that's the whole point home as well like I this mainly is my own selfish thing like I'm putting things into my home list not because I want you to buy the shit I want for my home but because you know maybe you, you saw something like something and there it is you can access it but also just because it's like my wish list of things that I need to get <laughs> um beauty products too I, I do this shit on the gram a lot I'm always using face masks and rollers and whatever else so any of that stuff that I get from Amazon or even if I haven't got it from Amazon and it's available on Amazon I'll put it in that list I just love that Amazon does this like I'm the biggest slut for Amazon and I'm just like I know that's controversial and whatever but it's just so easy and I'm just whatever makes life easier you know what I mean I buy my vegetables pre-chopped okay if it's making my life easier I'm doing it you know I mean, I'm going to get into this next episode in more depth, but you'll see Nioxin. I mean, I've talked about it before in that Amazon list. Okay, postpartum hair loss. We all go through it. I didn't have a tremendous amount, but I definitely noticed it. So I started using Nioxin again, and I can't even tell you the thick amount of growth. It's baby hair, so it's short, and I have a freaking bob or a mullet, but that's on trims or whatever. But it's working. So that's in there. One place is all in one place. I have like the, the three set for bleach care. You know, pick the one that's for your hair. But the point is, maybe I'll just add them all in. No, I'm going to do that. I'm going to add all the different varieties of Nioxin for the, you know, whatever hair type into that one wish list so you can access it. So I use the bleach. There's one for color treated. There's one for untreated. There's one for whatever. And yeah, the best. Um, but yeah, that's really like it. That's all I've got to tell you. I'm going to go and continue watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I got halfway through the latest episode before Erica Girardi went fucking rabid. So I'm going to go finish that shit before the baby wakes up, before Aaron wakes up. I'm going to try and drop this episode to you now. Um, but until next week, thanks for stopping by. Love you guys. Bye.